Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast for digitallydownloaded.net. I'm Matt Sainsbury, the editor of Fat Bear website, and with me this week, we have an all-star cast, starting with Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello. Good to have you on, as always. And we also have Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. I am Matt. You are Matt. I am here. You are here. Alan is not, which means we can get away with all kinds of stuff <laughs> this oh, week. Which we never cast. get away. <laughs> yes. The curse I can't remember cast. the last time that I was on a podcast that Alan was on as well. It has been a while, which is good. We'll we'll get we'll delve into the, the nasties of the gaming world and Alan can't stop us and that'll yeah. be great. So, something Alan would appreciate is I accidentally saw a an ad for the Xbox links deodorant stuff and it's worse than you would have expected it's like <laughs> just the product itself wasn't terrible enough that to just get even worse with the ad oh i can i can one up you there guess what they've launched over here in japan matt oh no what have <laughs> they done you not. they've launched scent a scent range so deodorants and stuff just like the xbox one only instead of xbox it is fate <laughs> So now you can wander around smelling like Rin, I guess, which is actually not, that's not so bad. I've already bought a thousand bottles. And on that silence, we'll go to some music. I've shocked the, the, the other two guys into silence. Um, we'll have some Hatsune Miku music, which is not a scent just yet. Probably will be soon. Uh, and we'll come back and we'll talk about, we're going to talk about remakes first this week. Let's remake this podcast.
Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so we are going to talk about remakes this week because we've been playing quite a few, actually. Um, it was, what, about a week ago that Link's Awakening was released? Two weeks ago that Link's Awakening was released, and we played and forgot about that pretty quickly. Exactly. Um, except for Trent, who's apparently st stuck in it. It's an old Just game, stuck. Trent. It's an old game. <laughs> at, least, at, least, at least I've progressed more in ES compared to where you, how much you've progressed in Breath of the Wild. Well, okay, good call. Yeah, but, I'll give you yeah. that one. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and we've also been playing the, well, I, I, I want to say, I, I wouldn't want to say playing this so much as um, using it as an alternative to getting teeth pulled, and that's the Dragon Quest Trilogy, which was recently re-released on the Switch, and Matt, the other Matt, not me, I wouldn't talk about myself like that in third person. Um, <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> and and other Matt has a pretty strong opinions about that series um, of releases. Uh, and then I've been playing You Know, which is not You Know the card game, as Alan keeps reminding me. Um, it's actually <laughs> a visual novel that was a pretty important one. It was released way back when, and it's finally been remastered and re-released in this day and age for the modern audience. So the reason we're talking about these is, frankly, they all suck. <laughs> not really. Um, they're actually... <laughs> They're actually often pretty good games, but we do have, <laughs> but I, I do have issues, I guess, with the whole remaking progress um, process. So I, I think we'll start with with getting your opinions before I launch into my rants. But um, Matt, of, of those remakes that you've been playing, what are your general thoughts about them? Are they firstly worth doing from the developer's point of view or the publisher's point of view? Secondly, are the developers and publishers doing them right that is a tricky question well the second one is a, an easy question and the answer is no <laughs> i mean well i can't speak for you know um i also just want to go off on a quick tangent and say that anyone who pronounces uno as you know is um does has doesn't have rights um <laughs> it's the the card game is Uno, not you know. <laughs> so the other, that's that. out of the way. Um, <laughs> that was the strongest opinion you've you've ever had, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't realise Alan that was I didn't understand Alan's jokes on Twitter until I realised that until just then when you said it and I understood and I was very shocked to my very <laughs> core. Um, yeah, I can't. I, I haven't played the played you know the original or the remake so i can't really say anything about that um but dragon quest dragon quest dragon quest is a very good game dragon quest 2 is a very good game dragon quest 3 is a brilliant game and probably i would say one of the best in the whole series the remakes on switch are not good <laughs> they are they Dragon Quest 1 and 2 in particular I think uh, 3 is not so bad but 1 and 2 is basically you have a completely different art style for the backgrounds and like the, the maps and the levels and the actual character sprites they are a completely different resolution they don't match at all and they I think what a lot of people said is accurate. It looks like 
so like a, a really bad kind of someone's first RPG maker project, which <laughs> is not really what you would expect from what is essentially the game that gave birth to the JRPG, the whole JRPG genre. It deserves better than that. Um, I didn't pl actually play enough of it to run into any of the issues that you were talking about, Matt, with um, like the performance issues and all that kind of stuff, because I basically played as far as getting out of the castle and my eyes were burned out of my skull, and that was as much as I played it. Um, yeah. I've, I have heard that Dragon Quest III is a, runs a bit better um, in the Switch version and looks better it's not as at least like i mean the the, the sprites are the, the right size they're not like you don't have these kind of giant balloon babies trekking across like a tiny map yeah it's it's slightly better <laughs> but only slightly it's still yeah. it's still aesthetically broken let's put it that way that's the way i like to put it it's aesthetically broken and it's ter it, they're, they're terrible because they are trashing my memory of those games and that's not that's not cool at all um no developer should do that but uh, yeah the, the weird thing is i've been like since they came out i've been so upset that i've been just diving into um, all the different remakes of them over the years um, and I think where the current art style is um, or the current art style that's been used seems to originate from is from the the very first mobile version from I think 2004 which was uh, made for you know what was at the time the um, cutting edge flip phone um, in Japan and with a very tiny screen and small resolution. If you look at the screenshots of it on that, it actually doesn't look so bad. Um, for one thing, the um, pixels between the sprites and the background are all in proportion to each other. But it seems like they've just basically, for every subsequent release, they've taken that, kept the backgrounds the same, and then increased the resolution of the sprites. So they just keep, each new release, they get gradually more and more just disjointed and hideous and now yeah yeah okay so i guess that kind of segues into the the next question is um why would why would the publishers and developers do that um and you know you kind of answer that with with well no making money is one thing but but why would they decide to not just re-release the games because i mean square enix has um has the capacity to to simply re-release these things as well as you saw as you saw with the uh, collection of mana um series those are all just straight re-releases including the game boy one they didn't try and remake it or anything like that so the reason i guess that they did that with dragon quest in the initial state was to make it work on a platform that was that was not really able to play the original as as was um i guess the question is why did they not go back to that original uh, for a console like the Switch, which is more than capable of playing the original NES, you know, with the, all its pixelate in all its pixelated glory, um, and that question also applies to the good quality remakes, um, such as Link's Awakening. Now, that's a that's a very good quality remake. 
it's a very good game in the remade state and it works well on switch and it's a very playable very enjoyable very pleasant looking game um but why did nintendo remake it why not just re-release the game boy one on switch is the question and for me i don't know i this is not how i would <laughs> go about things but then I'm a bit of a purist. I, I believe that these old games have value still as they are. And, you know, Link's Awakening on the Game Boy was a very good-looking game and still is a very good-looking game and would be worth re-releasing in that state for people to play again. I think it's something similar to, like, the Disney movies game remade. Like, it's, like they're, they're not inherently bad remakes as such in terms of aesthetically the originals were yes better for us but i i feel like they're not made for us they're made for the upcoming generation they're made for people which go oh this is a new release this is a new zelda i haven't played this i'm picking it up whereas if it was just released in say you know a you know let's say they made a game boy um net like classic Thing, like the NES stuff like if it was just dumped on the there yes a few people might you know look at it and go oh yeah this is cool this is like you know the Zelda I haven't played but I feel like as an actual proper remake it gets more traction it gets more marketing budget behind it so people are like hey you know I didn't play that or hey I never heard of this before I'm gonna check it out and it looks good yeah I think you're right um, except not where Dragon Quest is concerned because they've just those particular ones they just just have made them worse even than the originals but yeah i think as a general that's the thing um and i think they, i think uh, i mean the the dragon quest ones are, are not really that much of a remake they're more um well they they are remakes but they're not they're not complete remakes like link's awakening is because, yeah. yeah i think trent's right i think link's awakening's core audience was to the the people who would never pick up a game boy game or you know, yeah um, they 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 weren't around when the Game Boy was around, so for them that's a very foreign kind of console, and it's a bit quaint, and they might be interested in the game as a, a bit of a, a a museum trip through the old video games, but in terms of a new yeah. release, they want they do want something with modern production values. So if Square Enix was to go out and completely remake Dragon Quest One, so it looks like Dragon Quest Eleven, for example, that would be that would be a thing, I guess. Um, and I'd probably be more on board with it in the same way that I'm kind of on board with Link's Awakening, uh, even though I still believe that these games, when they're remade, should have the original on there as well, so people yeah. can play those. I think Link's Awakening's biggest problem was that the original Link's Awakening, or at least the Game Boy Color one, was not there if people wanted to play that as well. I mean, it's virtually no effort to put it on there as an addition. and yeah, Or even as... If they really just as a release it separately, and yeah, so it sell it separately, and let, I mean, and that's what Square Enix is doing essentially with um, Trials of Mana, as you have the the Mana Collection, whatever it's called, which has the original Super Nintendo version, and then they're doing a full remake as well, which is going to come out next year, I believe, and so basically people have have the choice of whichever one they want to play and people who want to play both can spend the money and buy both and that's fine and i just think that that i think is probably is a lot of the time a better option than 
just yeah, give people the choice of what they want to do. Yeah, I agree. I think that's uh, in some way they need to give people the choice, whether it's to put them both on the same game or to release them as separate entities. Um, I, I think ideally, in an ideal world, wherever possible, it'd be great if developers could work out ways to do this where you can actually swap between the two while playing one. Um, so you can, a bit like how Dragon Quest Eleven has the 3D version, or you can swap it back to the, the old sprites uh, yeah. style if you'd like to. Uh, I'd really love to see, with these remakes, for developers to actually do that, where you can just pick which, which style you want. Uh, and you can swap yeah. between them at will, so you, at will, so you can see, so you can actually see how the developers go about modernising a game, kind of, in, you know, in real time. Uh, I think that was a bit of a missed opportunity with uh, Uno, uh, which I've been playing through. That they've actually gone and remade all the art, which looks good. It's it's very lovely art. It's the artist that they got to do it is um, the the person that was behind the Art and Elico series that Gus did. So very talented artist has done some really great stuff with the art and it stays true to what the intent of the original was. But it would have been lovely to be able to swap back and forth between the original art and this stuff just to see just to see how they modernized it. I'm I'm fascinated in that process. And the, it, there was a I can't remember which one, a Monster Boy game that got remade maybe two or three years ago. That but that, yeah, it did it preserved the original and to the point that you could literally just press a button and switch between the remade graphics and the original graphics wherever you are and whatever you're doing, which I thought was really cool and is a good way of doing that. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely um, it's definitely the holy grail I feel for remakes. Um, I can I can understand that there's whole reasons a whole bunch of reasons that it wouldn't necessarily work with every game. No, um, but I mean, yeah, it kind of because it kind of forces the remake then to be ident identical in every way except for visual presentation kind of stuff. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Have and you... I mean, if, if you look at Link's Awakening, Link's Awakening shifts to kind of you know full 360 degree movement as opposed to puttering around using a d-pad and stuff like that so it does play slightly differently to the original mm. Link's awakening so have you played root letter last answer sorry which one root letter last answer oh yes yes i have yes that um a... that's an odd one because i couldn't stand the remake at all <laughs> so i just played it on the original um yeah yeah, so for listeners, Root Letter is a visual novel that was released a couple of years ago on PlayStation 4. It's very good, very, very good indeed. Um, and they remastered it in the sense of, well, they remade it, which is odd because it's a game that's only a couple of years old, so remake doesn't really work. But they did a live-action version of it where they basically replaced all the art with photography and all the you know anime characters with uh, people, with actors. And, yeah, I... I'm glad it's there for people that I guess prefer the realness of people. <laughs> um, and it kind of actually works as a tourism guide for Shimano Prefecture, which is where the, the uh, route that is based. So on that account, I think it's a good thing because not enough tourists go to Shimano. You should definitely do so if you're in Japan at any point. Um, but yeah, for me, I prefer the anime, so I just stuck to it. But I was glad that I had the option to switch between at will. 
And on that night, I think we'll go to some music. Um, what's some good music? I'm going to throw it over to... I'm go- I was going to say I was going to give it to you, Trent, but I know you're just going to pick Link's Awakening music. Um, fine, we'll give you Link's Awakening music. What? Actually, Link's Awakening music is pretty good. It's like more orchestrated. It's you know more balanced. It's actually enjoyable. I like the like um, the Overworld one um, for when you go first, uh, where you go to like the mountain area. That sounds cool. Yeah, the more orchestrated overworld version. Do do that. Yeah. Yep. Done. Yeah. No, use music from the Game Boy. Do the Game Boy version. <laughs> like switch it halfway between it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that'll be an editing task for for Alan, but I'm sure he's up to it. Okay. Anyway, it is going to be Link's Awakening music. We're going to come back and talk about something else. And welcome back, everybody. Okay, so we're going to talk about something which was announced a couple of weeks ago by Nintendo, um, but we're getting pretty close to the release of it now, so we figured that it'd be good to look at it, especially since I'm still in Japan and uh, they've been promoting it heavily. It's been it's been everywhere on TV. Um, every time I turn the thing on, there's ads for it there, which is which is good. Uh, it's showing off the quality of the thing and. Um, I'm pretty excited for it, to be honest. It's called, it's, what's it called? Ring Fit Adventure, right? Yes. Did I get that right, Trent? You got it right. You got it right the first time. Hurrah, huzzah, I did get you it right. Have to okay. practice it a lot during the break at all. Yeah. Adventure Ring <laughs> Fit. I mean, what? <laughs> ring Adventure Fit. Uh, it, there's a lot of combinations you can make with Ring Adventure and Fit, and uh, some of them are pretty, well, they, they need to be censored. But, um, 
Ring fit adventure. It's <laughs> what? <laughs> what combinations need to be censored, Matt? I'm really curious I'll... now. I can't think of I'll... any. I'll tell you off air, Matt. I'm not going to do it on the podcast. I know, I know you like to trick me into getting the R18 rating for the podcast, but I, you know, my I'll... simple, innocent <laughs> mind can't think of any. We'll give you. We'll give you time to think about it a bit later on. <laughs> but uh, Ring Fit Adventure. So this is a fitness thing that Nintendo announced, and basically what it is is it's a rubber ring. And you stick one of the Joy-Cons in there, <laughs> sucked in if you bought the, the Switch Lite. Um, <laughs> you stick one of the Joy-Cons in, into the Ring Fit uh, rubber band. I think the other one you strap onto, or like it kind of it can go on a leg strap or an arm strap. I think it can basically go to any part of the, the, the body that needs the, uh, the additional motion control. And any part of the body, did you say? I've got yeah, enough Joy-Con. There should be enough straps I can have one on each arm and one on each leg. That would be fun. Still not enough, Trent. What about one <laughs> on the, the abs, one around the neck, one on the head? You could wear a hat with a Joy-Con on. Um, but anyway, uh, back to back to Ring Fit Adventure. Uh, once once you've got yourself set up, then you get to do an RPG thing where all the attacks and all the adventuring and all that stuff actually happens through motion. So you want to shoot the bow, you actually need to pull the um, the the rubber band back in a like a, a bow motion. Uh, and I think based on the ads that I saw, there was this really neat one where a boss you dodged a boss's attacks or you attacked a boss. I couldn't quite work out which, but uh, you did that by doing like a uh, a core stretching exercise um, on the floor, which was pretty cool. It's like doing sit-ups to doing sit-ups to to kill the Dark Lord. I was a I'm a big fan of this. I think it's great. It oh, seems like it's brilliant. It seems like it goes through a full range of motions, and it's like, it does look like it's actually a genuine genuine kind of workout at home um, while you you know doing an adventure thing, which I think is really neat. And I I'm a big fan of this idea. I hope it works out as well as it looks. But I'm certainly keen. Um, what about you, Trent? Are you gonna are you gonna buy this and then two weeks later have a, a crack and six pack? Oh, we'll see. I'll probably suck, suck at doing all the fitness stuff, so I'll probably be like sore for weeks. No, I, I think it's a great idea. Like it's um it's gamifying fitness um, more so than stuff like Wii Fits or Wii Sports did. So it's definitely like it's definitely going to be like a new market it's going to be great it's going to be exciting it's going to make kids get up from Fortnite and play video games and get fit <laughs> well i think yeah we hit was obviously a start for this whole idea towards you know bringing fitness and, and games together but it was a bit limited by the technology i mean you needed to be on that balance board and you couldn't do you know jumps on it <laughs> you couldn't do star jumps on that balance board without smashing it and um yeah it was it was limited i think this one is a much more comprehensive thing it's it's kind of freed of peripherals yes you need the rubber band but that's not a big thing and it gives you free movement around the house and all that kind of stuff so um definitely a much more advanced version of we fit and that's opened them up to do much more complex games and i think this one the difference between we fit and this one is we fit was a uh, was a bunch of mini games and it wasn't much more than that whereas this one seems like it's more of a comprehensive video game as well um I doubt it'll be an epic of the same standard of Dragon Quest in terms of the storytelling, but you know it's it's going to appeal to people who enjoyed those kinds of adventure slash. I get a, I get a sushi striker 
kind of vibe to it like in terms of like how it's laid out how it's like what what sort of like missions i guess like the gamify i I don't know like it 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 feels like sushi striker if sushi striker was an adventure game yeah i don't know exactly how it's going to work aesthetically it's it's down that path i guess that's nintendo doing the well I, i like to say it's part of that collection of games that includes arms and um what's that splatoon one the the it's that kind of youthy vibe. Youth. Sunday, youthy, <laughs> youthy vibe. <laughs> youthy vibe. But the, you, that's that's actually the the name of the art style. So you know, a hundred <laughs> years from now, hundred years from now, when they're in museums looking at pictures of this stuff, they're going to call it youthy vibe. Well, all- well, I just I just googled what developer actually made it, and uh, you're eye on the money. It's you know the developers which did things like you know Sushi Striker, you know Splatoon, you know. Yeah, so whoever whoever that artist is is terrible and should be fired, but they make pretty good games aside from that. Um, Welcome to the art museum. Here's the impressionism section. Here's cubism. Here's youthy vibes. <laughs> it fits. I'm telling you, it fits. <laughs> youthy vibes. Uh, okay, so yes, youthy vibes. It's um, It, it looks like that. <laughs> and uh, that's, not, that's not for me, but I always enjoy those games anyway, despite the the aesthetic i do agree that the um the main character does look like it's ripped out of um arms just without arms (laughs) 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 what what about you matt are you are you a fan of the youthy vibes are you going to be giving this game a go i don't know if i'm youthy enough to to give it a go i think you have to be (laughs) <laughs> if feeling really youthy you have to have some youthy vibes running through your veins you can also but... be middle-aged and depressed and you know excited for like you know having a midlife crisis and gotta switch for christmas because and this game because your kids think you need to lose some weight that could also be an option all right i guess on that note then yeah i'm really looking forward to it <laughs> you get you, you get yourself enough... depressed sounds good <laughs> you get yourself enough in shape you can buy the ferrari afterwards um but no, yeah, oh, seriously, I, it, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks really cool. It'll be interesting to see how they actually break it down because, I mean, asking somebody to sit in front of a table, not sit, actually stretch and jump and roll and crunch um, across a, a 50-hour RPG uh, without a clear transition wouldn't work. I imagine it'd need to be broken down into workout session length bites of gameplay. So I guess for... For more beginners, it'll need to be quite short. For more advanced players, it'll probably be longer. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they actually break it down and yeah. and how they account for different, I guess, fitness levels as well. Um, whether, I mean, is that how the difficulty works? <laughs> if you're like, if you're like a gym junkie, are you going to be playing on the hardest difficulty? Um, but if you if you're flabby everywhere, do you need to? Is that easy mode? it's it's I, I don't understand how that's going to work either at this stage so it'll be interesting to see because they're going to have to account for fit, yeah they're going to have to account for for fitness levels obviously and they're also going to have to account for i guess experience with exercise routines and stuff like that they can't they can't ask people to play for an hour and a half right out the box well they could but maybe 
that wouldn't be great for some people. People like me. <laughs> people like um, anybody normal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I, I am also curious to see how they break it down. But I think that's one of the the things I'm looking forward to about it is that. I mean, I always tend to enjoy those kind of fitness type games anyway. Um, but then, as you said, most of previous examples they kind of mini games or the you know like that the boxing one where it's just it gets to a point of just i guess like real fitness just doing the same thing every day and then i tend to get bored of them after a while Mm -hmm. um but whereas if it's you know and like a big sprawling rpg that i'm with some sort of story that i'm working through then there's i guess for me is more of an incentive to then keep coming back to it and keep playing and get something out of it and yeah and and for me i mean it oh, you were saying I was, yeah i was gonna say almost make even though i mean exercise is the point but almost make that kind of the the side effect of doing something else that i'm enjoying yeah absolutely and that's i guess that's why i'm keen on it as well i mean for me the issue i had with a lot of the the exercise games that were releases they're all quite focused, I guess, on a, an aerobic exercise experience, um, like that boxing one that you mentioned, for example. Mm. That's very, it's a very aerobic style exercise. And to be honest, uh, and that's this isn't trying to, to big note myself or anything. I actually do spend a fair bit of time in the gym on aerobic exercises. So those kinds of games are pitched a little bit, you know, um, they're a little bit too easy effortless for me i guess but i have a lot of trouble doing kind of core strength exercises uh and and having the discipline to to do them and actually wanting to do them um so a game like this which based on the videos that i've seen actually has a lot of core exercise kind of built into it as well that might be what i need to to actually get the exercise that i need done um because for the sport i do i need a lot of core strength and i just don't have it and i never get it (laughs) so um, this might be actually a, a real benefit to me. And, uh, and while you're playing this game, you can also watch that new anime about like uh, fitness. That's pretty good. It's got like some fun fitness tips. What? Yeah. Trend. There's like there's, Trend. Like a, there's an is... anime, and it's like about fitness. They all go to like a like a fitness place, like a gym. That's what they're called, and they get like uh, <laughs> <laughs> they get fit, and like the the like. The, like the teachers like some like hunk and then he like rips out and he's like um, a massive bodybuilder and he's always doing like a uh, you know like moves but like you know it's got like breaks where they like teach you how to actually do the stuff which is on the anime trent your descriptions of things sometimes <laughs> are so surreal i love them oh. <laughs> uh, fitness oh. anime okay i'll i'll just I'll just wade through the 300,000 fitness animes there are out there. It's the new one one. on the anime lab. How fit are my doorbells or what they are? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the the new hot new anime of the season. How fit are my doorbells? If that is not an anime, that needs to be an anime. Um, I'm also looking forward to the thing that surely would have to come at some point. I feel like I should clarify this is not something that's been announced, but it should be, is Ring Fit Muscle March. Oh, yes, that has to happen. Every 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 console needs a Muscle March. That is a masterpiece, that game. I just want a general Ring Fit Sports. Like, some figure out how to, like, whack that into, like, have give me some tennis, some bowling, just all Ring Fit. You know? Like, Wii Fit. 
We we I mean not we fit we sports. Give me some of that. You know the best yeah, sports be game cool. was Connect Sports. So if they can do that on Switch, we set. Well, I'm sure if this thing takes off, there'll be plenty more of these games to come yeah. because, as we discussed, um, Ring Fit Adventure Adventures the subtitle. So Ring Fit is obviously the brand, and there may be they there may well be more of those in the future. But not for you Switch Lite people. No, no, you don't get to play <laughs> any of this because you need detachable detachable Joy Cons, and you bought the shitty console. You're lost. On that actually, note, that, actually, go, just before we say that, uh, um. Like with Labo, like where there was like some stuff when it was pre-announced, which didn't really happen until later down the track. I'm pretty sure that um, st- the initial trailer had like archery-like moves. Like maybe that's not in the game. Maybe there's going to be an archery game. You know? Oh, it is in the game. I've already seen footage oh, of that oh, in the oh. ads. There is archery in oh. Wii in Ring Fit Adventure. Well, there's a- well, I don't know. Maybe there's like hidden secrets to like detect what the next game is going to be in the trailer <laughs> there may well be but yeah it's going to be it's definitely going to be a, a franchise if it if it sells well enough and to be honest this is the kind of thing that i think will sell well enough so on that note we're going to go to some music uh trent had his pick you get to pick this time matt pick a song it has That's to be a good song much good it music. Sonic. i don't know but now i'm going to have actually just <laughs> Just for the giving Alan, just for giving Alan the challenge of actually watching Muscle March videos, <laughs> um, we are definitely using music from Muscle March. Muscle March music. We're going to come back and talk about something again different.
And welcome back, everybody. Okay, so for the last section of the podcast this week, we are going to talk about the strangest games we have ever played. The weird, the wonderful, the wacky, and the surreal. And the reason I'm actually doing this segment, or we are doing this segment, is pretty simple, really. I just want to hear Trent describe the games that he's played that are actually weird, because... Aren't they all weird? He manages to describe the most normal things in the most strange terms, so I can't wait to see what he does with a, a weird game. Suddenly so, I'm all very professional and profound about this yeah. stuff. So, Trent, tell us, what is a strange game you have played? And please do describe it. So, so I was going to say, you know, about the, you know, um, the tingle, freshly pickled ro- Uzi Ropey uh, Land, Rupee Land. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was going to talk about the awesomeness oh. of that Nintendo DS game, where basically you just click rupees, and it's sort of like a Wario world, uh, world on the Wii kind of, where you just collect coins. But then I thought, I actually kickstarted the most weirdest game which was so badly designed, but at the same time, so profoundly surreal. And I'm just looking for what that was. I think it was like Honeypot or something. It like had a really weird name. Let, let, hold on. So, someone just randomly say shit, or I'll just randomly rant until I log into Kickstarter. I'm <laughs> so confused right now. I think one of the weirdest games I've ever played was a game uh, you might have heard of called The Last of Us. Um, which was mostly weird in that it was a very mediocre game. The and, Last of but, Us. Yeah, it was a very mediocre game. Isn't but, that that Sony Sony big blood yeah. budget blockbuster shooty thing? Yeah, it was very weird because it was kind of mediocre, but people keep saying it's the best game ever made, <laughs> and that is very weird to me. <laughs> We're going to get so much hate now. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Um, my opinions are my own and do not represent digitally downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I shall now save the podcast. It was a little game called Where the Bees Make Honey. That's that's a little bit different to Honey Pot, Trent. How did you get Honey Pot? <laughs> well, it, ha- it has honey in the title and... <laughs> You know, um, it could... Where are we going with this? <laughs> so, so the game starts out, you're in an office, you're like, you know, you're a chick who's like, had grand visions for like working, you know, as something imaginative, but you're stuck in a course center and you slowly go crazy. I mean, you slowly realize that, you know, childhood wonder is the whole point of the game. So it starts to break away and you start going on like a surreal sort of adventure, but some of the things are just so badly designed, like jumping and platforming sections are like horrible. I, like you'd like go up like a ramp and then you'd be like, Oh, I can't jump to the other thing and other weird things like that. Like, but like the game was just, it, it, it's like, no wonder I kickstarted it. Cause it's just like the surreal bullshit stuff. I spout on the podcast all the time. Like it's, it's a weird experience. It, I think you turn into like rabbits or something at some point, And <laughs> there's like, you turn into, and there's like lakes and, it's just it just has no conceptually like things just go weird like it's it's like let's build like a level design 
and it's meant to represent your childhood of being like taken away by your parents or like looking for your parents or some bullshit like that. And then it's like, it's like you're a rabbit or, or and then you're finding your parent rabbit, which is like running away, but you're in a supermarket as well. So like all the background music is like, you know, them shopping and talking about like, you know, they're lost you in the supermarket. Where are you? Blah, blah, blah. And you're just this little rabbit hopping around in this map. And then eventually you get across a lake and then it's like, oh, I found you. Oh, like the whole game is just full of crap like that. It is just like weird. Okay. <laughs> we have both stunned in silence. I have, broke the I podcast have no idea how to process Trent. I, I don't know how to process process that, Trent. Um Okay, I I've added that to my list of games to look into, I think. Yeah. What's it called? Honeypot. Honeypot. No, where the bees where the bees make honey. <laughs> where the bees actually you know what, screw it. I'm actually going to Google this right now live on podcast. Where the bees Make it's a relatively short game, honey. Like, so that's why I make, finished make, it. Make it's sure your safe search is on, Matt, while you do that. Where the bees make... Okay, so I put this into the Google, and it just comes up with a whole bunch of bees on honeycombs. Well, that's and why you usually type in the game maybe video game, game or game maybe at game. the end. Like, some of the games you give me, like... Okay, you know... so, Trent, this <laughs> game looks absolutely nothing like what you just described. <laughs> Yeah, well, you gotta watch. You gotta watch a YouTube video. You gotta get absorb the uh, absorb the entertainment of. Oh, I found the. the... Beast, I, fa- I found the bunnies. Okay, okay. So there are bunnies. Okay. Yes. Yes. Life is life is okay. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. The weirdest game I've ever played is well, I mean, Muscle March is up there. Muscle March was a pretty weird game. It was it was bodybuilders crashing through walls, and then for some reason, a panda in underwear crashing through walls as well so you know that was that was pretty pretty odd odd ball surreal um i've actually also played uh, a game which is famous i guess for being odd uh called cho and nikki i don't know if either if you've heard that one the name sounds familiar yeah you yeah but you can type it into google but do so with um caution I guess Is it's it a fighting game. No, no, it's a a shmup, a horizontal shmup. It's just absolutely loaded with um very muscular men and very homoerotic imagery. Let's put it that way. This sounds intriguing. It's, it's oh yeah. It's a fascinatingly famous game. It's I don't think it was ever released outside of Japan. Um, <laughs> I would have been really surprised if it was, but it might actually have been localized since, actually. It might be on something or other. Somebody might have done it. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a very surreal game. Um, there was a fighting game of it as well. There was, was it? Yeah. There you go. Very muscular men. Chara Aniki Bakuritsu Danto Hen on Super Nintendo. So... Basically what you described, but with muscular right. men wrestling. Right. Well, that works too. <laughs> that is a natural extension for this franchise. And to be honest, I would have thought that would be the default rather than a, a, a <laughs> horizontal scrolling shmup, which doesn't really visually work. But anyway, that's a very strange game. And I played that quite a bit. 
um, because it was so, you know, it, it boggled the mind every time you came across a new thing. Um, what else have I played that's a bit strange? Deadly Premonition counts, I guess. Although it's, I mean, it's more conventional surreal, really. It's not, it's not weird <laughs> for the sake of being weird. It's, it's, it's got points to make. It's, it's basically uh, Twin Peaks, the video game. Um, but it does have my very favourite scene in all of video game dumb, which is this little scene where um, they take a break in the middle of a discussion, uh, discussing a, a horrible murder, a very horrible murder, like a girl's strung up on a tree and cut all the way down. And yeah, these two little kids actually are the ones that find her, so they're very shocked and it's it's shaking the town. They're in well, they're all shook. And then this detective just drops in from from the FBI, so, you know, from interstate, comes in, drops in and gets the police officer, sits down and starts eating a butter cookie and then decides to have a conversation about the cookie rather than the murder, which is which is pretty cool. I mean, isn't that what you would do if you were in that position? I mean, he's talking, he's talking about the butter composition of this cookie and he's thinking, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. very particular about my cookies and I think... Yeah. That's what's when weird you know, about that? That's when you know this dude is class. You know, See, that's like traits inside a video game. This no, That doesn't happen in Law & Order. It does not happen in Law & Order, no. They do not take digressions to talk about cookies in Law & Order. That is true. <laughs> My name is uh, Mayo. Is pretty weird. Was it really? I thought it was just uh, a clicker. You just click things, right? You just click things. Oh, those walking simulators... Didn't he also make Mr. Masaji? Mm. Was that the same director? Yeah, yeah same, same was, studio. Yeah, and that was a bit weird. That was a, a, that was a, a dating sim where one of the people you could date was a body pillow. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. That's, that's living the dream, really. Who, being a body pillow literally has no dialogue. Every time it just is like three dots. And then your character just... <laughs> inserts what they think the body pillow is saying. It's a simulation of real life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And on that note, we'll wrap the podcast for the week. <laughs> um, I'm going to... <laughs> I get to pick the song. I'm going to get... I'm going to get Trent... Uh, Trent I'm going to get Alan to find music from Cho and Nikki, I think. <laughs> That'll get him. Um, thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back next week, and I'm sure I'm sure Alan will be on the podcast to make sure that we behave next time around. Um, and we will uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for being on the podcast, Matt and Trent. Bye.